0: Welcome to House Plans. Glad you could be with us today, talking a little real estate. Chris Roberts from County Bank Mortgage in the house, and Keith Clark from the Buyer's Broker. It says it right there on your
1: shirt, Keith. That's me, the
0: Buyer's. That's me, Broker. Twenty nine years. Twenty nine years of excellence in real
1: estate. Overperforming every day.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, you know, we do. Uh, normally, we would have done the numbers last week. Yep. But, uh, we got them this week because we we took a sabbatical last week, and so uh, JD's out today. So you and I are gonna have to carry the water. And we yeah, hope. Yeah. Is
1: he playing? Is he? Dead? No,
0: he's uh, he's uh, he's at a basketball tournament, okay. I think. But hey, JD's a sports dad. Yeah, that's right. He's he's got them right at that <laughs> age where it's like, hey, we got to be here on Monday, here on Tuesday, right. here on that's Wednesday. Right. We get from 3 to 5 off on Thursday. Right. Then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we need to be here, here, and here. So yep. he's he's pretty busy. And then, of course, we will count on our listeners um, to give us a shout this morning. Taking your questions about buying, selling, anything to do with the real estate, 866-442-7553. And then, of course, you can always hit us up on the text line at 71307. That's 71307. Uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning if you got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with real estate. And, of course, uh, being Memorial Day weekend, we'll give a shout-out yes. to all the veterans, all those that have served our country. Um, we certainly appreciate what they do.
1: Those that um, – uh, this weekend is about those that actually gave
0: the – Yes, the, the ultimate v- price. That's right. But uh, we certainly appreciate them and their families. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, it's – Nice to see we're headed into what uh, looks like to be a very, very strong uh, buying season, Keith. Uh, what yes, are you seeing already, out
1: there? Yeah, it's already begun. Uh, May is May is when it really kicks off. Uh, most of the time we think of it as the spring market, but really the summer is, is where all the action is. That's yeah, school shuts numbers, down and everybody right. starts to move. Yep, graduation is over. Yep, and people can take new job assignments. Yeah, and
0: congratulations to Layla oh, Powell yeah. yesterday. Her son, Cade, graduated. Yeah, so
1: uh, and Bennett Clark graduated. this Oh, year. did he? Yep. All right, from Southside Christian School, He'll be going to Anderson University next year. Yeah,
0: it's a smart kid. Got a full ride. Look good, at that, Keith. He did kid. something right. No, he, didn't. You he did. Didn't. You he did. You did something
1: not. right. No, we we had to pony up about <laughs> half of it, but. But he did well. We're but proud, he did haven't. well. Yes. That's right.
0: That's absolutely right. Well, uh, if you've got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with the real estate, do give us a shout this morning, 866-442-7553. Or you can hit us on the uh, the uh, text line at 71307. That's 71307. So, Keith, we're going to do it backwards this time. Okay. Let's talk about Charleston first. You know, you and I... We're doing this massive amount of uh, show prep that we're working on uh, this week. You know, we're we we uh, we're looking at Charleston, and one of the things I said to you is, you know, it always seems that they're six to nine months ahead of us in what's going on in the market. And so I find it interesting that uh, what's going on down there, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if when we're talking six months from now, if we see the same thing, but... Uh, down in the Charleston market, uh, overall sales down two point six uh, month over month, year over year for the month of April. They had fifteen hundred ninety five versus sixteen thirty seven, so down two point six percent.
1: Yeah, and year to date down four point three percent, which is really the the, the number you want to focus on. And um, the trend appears to be a softening, slight softening. Right. And uh, over the years, we've learned – this is our 15th year of doing this show. Right. And we've learned over the years that that consistently Charleston has – the trends in Charleston have preceded the trends in, in as, the upstate. As a general rule, it as they start like, to
0: roll, we come behind it rolling. And as they start to slow, we come behind it slowing. So, yeah, and
1: I don't ever remember uh, anything but that. It's yes. been consistently yes. that way for as long as we've been tracking the – when you're in when you're just practicing in the field these numbers you just glance at them monthly and you know the trends but right on the show we've kind of drilled down on it, followed it. It, it it creates a number of topics for us to discuss and um, it has consistently been a uh, a determinant of uh, what's happening up here
0: yeah absolutely the uh, other interesting thing is while they've slow, slowed a little bit, the uh, median price is up 3.4% year over year at $270,000 down in that uh, Charleston area. And let's not forget that that Charleston market is geographically, it's very large because it encompasses those five, three five com- counties. Yeah, I it? mean, it's, it's really big. And so uh, it's, it's much bigger geographically than we are here. Well, listen, we're going to head into our first break of the day. Uh, J.D.'s out, so we do need your questions, calls, and comments. You can hit us up at 866-442-7553 or on the text line at 71307. You're listening to House Plans. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to House Plans. Chris Roberts from County Bank in the house. Keith Clark from the Buyer's Broker. Here to answer your questions, calls, and comments about real estate, you can reach us at 866-442-7553, or you can hit us up on the text line at 71307. We'd love to hear from you.
1: We would love some calls this morning.
0: Yeah, well, we do have our first text of the day here, Keith. It says... uh, on a new construction project, how do you overcome an appraisal that is way off? Uh, for instance, $180,000 house construction cost um, that appraised for a hundred on an as-completed appraisal. That is definitely way off.
1: Yeah, I— that's kind of shocking, isn't it? That,
0: yeah, that, I'd you know, the first thing I'm thinking is, I want to see it.
1: Yeah, well, the data is what we're talking about, right? We talked about this last week. Uh-huh. What does the data say? And Exactly.
0: Uh, I mean, that's exactly right, because let's remember, an appraisal does not tell you what you could get for your house. It doesn't right. tell you what it would cost to build your house.
1: It tells you what other houses like it. Are selling for. And the first thing you would want to know is why the data is what it is. So if you're in a remote area where there's not a lot of comp data, that's, that could be one issue. If you're in a neighborhood, high-density neighborhood, it's really easy to look at the numbers. You can work backwards from square footage and condition and get a thumbnail value Right? Very quick and easy. It just is yeah. not challenging to but do But, you that. know,
0: based on this comment, the first thing I think of is, what can you get for 100
1: yeah. I mean, they're
0: not a lot. Not that I know not, of. Not in today's market. So Not in you know, our market. Yeah, that would be one of those appraisals I'd love to look at to see how they did it, because it sounds somewhat unusual. It would be more likely, Keith, if you said, look, I got this, this and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I got somebody that's building and they're doing every upgrade. Sub zero, top line tile, top this, top that, and you said, "Look, you know they're spending five fifty. The appraisal came in at five twenty five. That would be more likely to occur." Yes. Well, listen, we got our first caller of the day. Let's uh, jump over to Bill. He wants to talk a little bit about uh, rates on new construction. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. What can uh, we do just for curious. you?
1: just curious, I keep hearing uh, about record low interest rates and so forth,
0: and I was wondering if you could give all your listeners a little feel as to what interest rates are at and what you think they're going to. Yeah, well, I think we're all a little bit surprised that uh, the volatility in the market has actually driven interest rates, uh, conventional uh, government rates, down to the lowest they've been since January of 2018. Wow. So they're not 50-year lows or all-time lows, but they're pretty low. Uh, as an example, I looked at a 15-year loan yesterday. It was a very you know, a high credit score, so above 720 on the credit score. The loan-to-value was 70%, and the 15-year rate was uh, somewhere between 3.5 and a half and 3.58, so 3.625, which is a solid rate for a 15-year loan.
1: And you can add a half to that for a thirty. Yeah,
0: probably. You uh, we've locked some uh, last week at three ninety nine, you know, and then uh, based on the loan to value and whether you're taking cash out, maybe four, four and an eighth. But four so uh,
1: percent's a good number on thirty year fix with good yeah, credit score. Uh, good absolutely.
0: Yes. Absolutely. What does the interest rate do if your credit score is uh, medium instead of so, high? So. Uh, the way the uh, the lenders do it is there is a add-on for what type of product, and then there is an add-on for the score. And so when you say medium, if you're talking, there's they're tiered. So top rate would be seven forty plus, then seven twenty, then seven hundred, then six eighty. But when you get below six eighty, here's the interesting thing about it: most people who are below that six eighty. We'll consider a government loan, so an FHA loan. uh, And when you look at that FHA loan, the rate's going to be lower on it. It just may have mortgage insurance
1: on it. Which would make the payment payment similar or even higher.
0: So you could add about a quarter in rate once you get down to that 680 and another quarter in rate as you move into the mid-600s. And then, of course, you know, one of the things that we have at County Bank is uh, every time we pull a customer's credit, um, we get an indication of, is there any adjustment that could be made in their score by doing some minor things? And I'm not talking about credit repair, but I'm talking about it analyzes the credit and it says, hey, you could get 30 points by doing this, or you could get 20 points by doing that. And so that's one of the services that we offer during our customized mortgage solution. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much. Hey, and you can reach us outside the show at 331-HOME. Feel free to give us a, a, a call. We'll be
1: happy to help you. Okay. All right. Thank much. you, Bill. Great question. And you know what I find interesting about that, Chris, is that 4%, we're You know, we, we're talking in generalities here, but 4% oh, sure. today versus almost 5% a year ago, right? Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell
0: you this. If we go back and listen, to a show, let's say, 14 months ago. We were most likely predicting five and a half and six. This time? This time. Yeah. You know, if you go back and look 18 months ago when we were talking about it, so, you know, it's kind of like economists, you know, they're only right 50% of the time, (laughs) but they get paid 100% of the time. And so, you know, you just don't know. You know, one of the things that you always say in banking is, you know, you can't predict what the interest rates are going to do because if you bet the bank one way or the other, you're most likely going to be wrong. And so, you know, that's the same thing I tell customers. I say, look, you know, when you're trying to decide to lock, the conversation is, do you feel good about what it is today? And how mad are you going to be if it goes up a quarter you know, and it's always you're going to be madder if it goes up a quarter than the happiness you're going to feel if it goes down a quarter.
1: Yep. I and so
0: if you like it, then lock it. Now, I would give you different advice if you were in a construction loan and you were saying, well, how far out should I look to lock? You know, should I should I start? Should I do a, you know, you can do a 270-day lock. I, you can do a 180-day lock. You know, where do you start thinking And I think right now, based on the current interest rate environment, if you're looking to lock a construction on a perm side, I would say, let's get about 60 days in, and then let's really look at the market and what it's doing weekly, and let's have a conversation. And any time between 60 days and when the house is done, you can make up your mind what you want to do. And try
1: to catch it at a good spot.
0: Yeah. And of course, here's the other thing that's a little crazy, is let's say that you have a, a construction loan right now at Prime. Well, that rate is significantly higher than the permanent that you could do on a fifteen, to twenty, or a thirty. And so, you know, you got to think about that too. The sooner you can modify it into the permanent loan, you're gonna save a little bit of cash because that that prime rate is is uh, significantly higher. That short term rate is significantly higher than the long term rate, which is very very unusual. Wow. Well, um, I want to go back to the uh, texter. Listen, You're listening to House Plans, Chris from County Bank Mortgage in the House, Keith Clark from the Buyer's Broker. If you have a question, you can reach us at 866-442-7553, or you can hit us up on the text line at 71307. That's 71307. So I want to go back to this, this question about the construction. You know, when you say that the as-completed value comes in at a that that confuses me a little bit because you really, I mean, I bet it
1: confused the, the caller. Yeah, yeah,
0: because that that seems, unless you have some type of unusual property, some kind of uh, small property, you know, something. I mean, that just seems like in a in a rural area, that seems very unusual that it would be that far off. Because Keith, um, standard construction today. On on a one eighty, I mean it's going to be. What's the price point? On one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah,
1: eight, eighty dollars a foot. A hundred dollars a foot. $100, no, a probably, foot, you 120, could use 100 I think. A hundred. And then plus or minus based on condition and location. Right. So if you used a hundred dollars a square foot, that would be a good starting point. Obviously, you're you're shooting in the dark here because yeah, it's yeah, because such you a wide, don't know about. And the truth is, is it, it, it can be seventy five dollars a foot, up to two hundred dollars a sure. foot. Right, depending on construction and location but typically if you're just pricing a median home right uh production bill less the uh, less than 10 years old you're probably going to be in that hundred plus or minus a square foot range
0: well and and if you are in that price point i can tell you that it is uh you know highly desirable price yeah point. not a
1: lot of inventory you have to um, typically in a multiple offer deal on a good house with a lot of function good square footage a good Uh, Well, we,
0: you know, we looked at a deal last week where, uh, it's a move up, you know, so going from, uh, you know, 200 to 300, a little more space for the kids, a little more yard, this, that, and the other. And, uh, we were talking the, the house that they're trying to sell was on a 15 year, they've paid it way down. And we were having a conversation about, you know, do you want to sell before? Do you want to wait? What do you want to do? And uh, we were talking about, you know, putting together a bridge because they had a significant amount of equity. I think, you know, maybe the value of the house was 200 They only owed 85 But that was the majority of their cash that they could right. get to. And so, you know, they had a little reserves. And so we were talking about doing a bridge loan. And so we were two days into the bridge, and uh, they finally put their house, they cleaned it up, got it looking right, put it on the market. And before we could even order the appraisal, they had a contract.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: At 200, uh, you know, and the interesting thing was this was in Belton, which surprised me that it moved that quickly, you know, but that just shows you how hot that under 200 price point is. Yep. And and to your point, you're going to get multiple offers, which uh, you're going to need a professional real estate agent to help you navigate that. Yeah, and that. we talked,
1: you know, Robert called in and he had a multiple offer deal, Robert Ortega from Spartanburg called in last week, and we we really dissected that circumstance because the, the first thing you think about is, hey, let me take the highest offer, but the highest offer may not be the best offer, right? And particularly when you're talking about, you have to think about what the turbulence going forward, the appraisal, uh, the probability of it closing on time, and and your your circumstances outbound. Uh, how it would impact you, any delay that sure. it might occur. So it's a complicated formula, but uh, the point is, in in a in that median price point and down in our market, that would be two twenty or so below anything below that. there's just a scarcity of inventory now. Inventory sure. is going up, right? But not in the the price point where all the demand is. Right? Sure. So the higher the baby boomers unlocking the Equity in their existing homes, and my neighborhood's a prime example of it, where the baby boomers are right-sizing, selling their trophy homes. Uh, yep. Sometimes moving laterally, but generally speaking, right-sizing. Sure. You know, here's what I hear a lot when we talk to folks about that:
0: I want smaller, but just a little bit nicer. Yes. So they're they're not afraid to to pay two hundred dollars a foot, or two fifty a foot, or three hundred a foot to get smaller. And a little bit nicer.
1: And generally, of course, they're in a better financial condition because they're moving into that part of their life where they're they're liquid. And so they can do what they want to do. And a lot of renovation going on. In my neighborhood, you see a lot of renovation. Now, Keith, we got a a text question that will take up the entire last (laughs) half
0: hour of the show because you can hit it from many angles. It says, would like to know how you handle a FISBO representing the buyer. Sure. And so uh, I think that's a that's a great question, and we can hit it from a lot of different angles. Uh, we got about a minute before the break, but uh, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And of course, Keith, you brought up a very interesting thing about inventory. Here's a shocker: inventory in Greenville up twenty seven percent over last year. Still only four and a half months of inventory, but it is headed in the uh, in the buyer's direction. Yeah,
1: well, and and, and obviously not equilibrium, but at 4.6 sure. months, you're moving towards equilibrium. a little bit better uh, footing for the
0: buyer. That's right. You're listening to House Plans. Chris Roberts from County Bank Mortgage in the House. Keith Clark from the buyer's broker. If you've got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with real estate, hit us up at 866-442-7553. Or you can hit us on the text as well, 71307. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to House Plans. Chris Roberts from County Bank Mortgage in the House. Keith Clark from the Buyer's Broker talking a little real estate today. If you've got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with real estate, you can hit us up at 866-442-7553, or you can text us at 71307. If you'd like to reach us outside the show, you can always send an email to askjd at countybankmortgage.com. If you're thinking about refi, we'll give you a free look. Just email your mortgage statement over to JD and say, hey, take a peek at this, and he'll tell you for free whether we can do it, can't do it, whether, you know, whether it's good, bad, or going half mad, we'll let you know. So uh, we got a great question here, Keith, talking about uh, FISBOS. And so I think we can, uh, for listeners, that's a for sale by owner. And so uh, it does, in the real estate transaction, it sometimes creates – some challenges, but, Keith, if, if uh, your client is riding down the road and sees a FSBO and says, Keith, I like this house, what does Keith Clark do?
1: Well, I have a very, very specific procedure for handling a for-sale by owner. Um, the short answer to the question is is I don't uh, handle it any differently than I would an MLS listing, an REO, which is a bank-owned property. right or any other uh, foreclosure or type of property. So I have an agreement. The buyer's agent typically has an agreement with their buyer that um, this is what my fee is going to be. Right. This is how we're going to secure my fee. Right. And uh, I I don't do anything any differently. Now, there is some contract language. Sure. So let's say my fee is X. Then instead of my fee coming through the multiple listing service, right. it's going to come directly from the seller of the property. Now, w- the conversation always, uh, typically throughout the, the course of real estate, is traditional that uh, the seller pay the real estate fee. Right, The buyer could pay the real estate fee if that's the agreement that they had Sure, with their buyer's agent.
0: As long as you're not doing a government loan.
1: Yes, that's right. So you got you got to think about financing and yep. how you structure it. But the net of it is is typically a seller is looking to calculate X on the sale of their home. Sure.
0: So what you're talking about is when they put it on the market, they have a number in mind that they want to leave the table with. And they have a net proceeds number that they're that's looking right. for. Mm-hmm.
1: And typically on most for sale by owners – They've already decided that they're willing to pay a fee to right. a buyer's agent. Ninety-eight out of a hundred have already the, – the one or two out of a hundred that, that um, have a bad taste, they typically have had a bad taste in their mouth about working with an agent before, and they may have some resistance to it. But um, on my side of the transaction, as I'm representing the buyer, I just don't treat it any differently. Sure. Does it uh, create challenges for you though, Keith?
0: If the it's typically, it, but if the if the seller has real estate type questions or contract questions, um, where does that put you in the transaction?
1: Well, I, I have what what's called ministerial duties. So let's say hypothetically, I'm I'm representing the buyer. In today's world, I would be a transaction broker to the seller, okay? I don't have any duty to the seller other than ministerial duties, to be honest, forthcoming. Uh, And the seller has some duties to the public at large in terms of disclosures. They have to complete a seller's disclosure statement. And we would do the same due diligence on a for sale by owner, as I would on any any MLS listing. Sure. Now there there are some challenges, but they're not huge obstacles. I'll give you an example. Access is always a challenge. Sure. Right. So in most listings, because it, it won't be
0: on a lockbox, yeah, you won't I, be able to get into it easily. There's no appointment center.
1: That's right. And they that, want to
0: hang out while you're there. They do.
1: <laughs> about fifty percent of them
0: Keith, uh, typically let me, let me, would not come, give you any. Come come look how big this pantry yeah. is. Let me show you. I just put new shelving in
1: this that's pantry. Right. So I have a learning <laughs> module on the Buyers Broker Network specifically about this: how to handle right. a for sale by owner. Right. And part of that conversation <laughs> is when you're showing property. We can calculate, typically, you know just about how long it's going to take you to show property. Sure. So if it takes 22 minutes to view a property and six minutes drive time, you can calculate that I'm going to be from one property to the next sure. in 28. But if you're, review, <laughs> if you're viewing a for sale by owner, right. you can always add 10 or 12 minutes to that Sure. because – they want a to seller tell the, the story. property will, wants you to know every feature at yes. the first viewing, okay? Yes. And typically the first viewing is a cursory viewing. Yeah,
0: it, it's d- really designed a lot of times to well let's let's go back. People look online, create a short list. People go visit the property and see things they can't see online. And reduce that list. They even eliminate. First, eliminate. Yeah, That's so right. So the
1: first viewing would typically yeah. be, the objective would be, is this Is this property, can we eliminate this property? Yeah, I'll
0: give you an example. When Mitchell was looking, beautiful home, good lot, right price, everything was great, two steps in the door. You could tell they smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. I mean, it was, you could not smell anything but smoke. And, you know, we did the spin. We were there two and a half seconds and so you're right. I mean, you're you're kind of reducing that list down and eliminating things that don't matter. But but to your point, when you go and and somebody wants to tell you everything about the property, that's going to change your timeline.
1: Yeah, and many of those things would be would not be relevant at the first viewing. Right. And so if it's on a short list, and let's say you started with ten, and then you've got three. Right, second viewing. Then you're going to block in an hour to view that property. Sure. And typically, the buyers need some privacy to to have their conversations about features and characteristics of the property. How do they see it working? How does for it them? work for their family? Sure. Where is their furniture going to go? Will so they look at uh, drill down deep into yes. the characteristics and features of the property. Now, so, I will
0: say, I will say this though, from our side. Let's say that the entire transaction is uh, for sale by owner with no agent at all. It does create some significant challenges for us because, you know, we're not licensed to practice real estate. And a lot of times those questions will come to us about, well, how do we write the contract? What does the contract need to say? What is the, and, and, of course, unfortunately, we can't get in the middle of all that.
1: Otherwise, you'd be practicing real estate, which which you don't have a license for. You know, what I
0: would tell you to do is, hey, if you know which attorney is going to close this transaction and you don't want to hire an agent. Now, of course, we always recommend that somebody has an agent. But if they don't want to do that, you need to talk to the real estate attorney about drawing up the contract because they know how to put it in the right. You know, you put it in English, they put it in contract.
1: And we would recommend that the seller have a a lawyer, an attorney, a real estate attorney, to give them advice and counsel. And and typically, I send an email recommending that because I want something in writing explaining to the seller that I'm representing the buyer. The buyer, I disclose to them the. brokerage relationships in South Carolina, which is required by law, and recommend that they have an attorney represent them. I did a very large transaction first quarter that was a for sale by owner in Acadia. And and, um, uh, the seller, one of the sellers, was an attorney, but they still hired an attorney (laughs) to represent them. And so anytime I emailed or communicated with the seller, I copied the attorney on it so that everybody's... Uh, everything is uh, just forward, above, yeah, above, straightforward. Board. No, no confusion questions. about who's representing whom. Right, and uh, it was a very, very smooth transaction. And sometimes, you know, I don't want to get into the fee conversation, but sometimes the sellers feel like maybe they're saving part of a fee. Sure, they're only being a buyer's agent in the transaction. Sure. and of course, really, uh, that's probably not accurate. But if it's their perception, then that's their business. And, and, well, you know,
0: perception is reality in those cases. So, you know, it's like me. If I go buy something, I have to feel like I'm getting a good deal. I don't have to get a good deal. I just have to feel like I'm getting a good deal. (laughs) That's the way I roll, right? That's right. Well, listen, uh, you're listening to House Plans. Chris Roberts from County Bank Mortgage in the House. Keith Clark from the Buyer's Broker. we got one segment left, about 15 minutes in the show. We're going to head into our final break. You could reach us... At 866-442-7553, we'd love to hear from you. Or you can hit us up on the text line 71307. Got some great questions so far on the text. That's 71307. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Headed down to Backside of the Mountain. Got about 13 minutes left in the show. Don't miss your opportunity to ask us a question. 866-442-7553. Or you can hit us on the text line 71307, which we're dealing with a text question right now that was an excellent question talking about fizbos. So what about this, Keith? What about your house is on the market, Right. got a sign in the yard, Yep. somebody knocks on the door and says, hey, I want to buy this house. No agent with them, no nothing. I know that happens. What then? Yeah, I don't know what to do
1: then. (laughs) I'm not involved in that, and there are ditches on both sides of the road. I say good luck to them. Both of you hire a lawyer and do the best you can.
0: Well, but let's talk about about it. So you have your house listed with an agent. Somebody knocks on the door, wants to buy the house. What now? They don't have an agent.
1: What's going to happen now? Well, they, the, the the buyer in that case would be become what you would become a transaction. So if you've got it listed, you've right. listed the house, right? And they knock on the door and talk to the seller. We yep. want to buy this house. We like it. Typically, a listing agreement deals with that circumstance. Now it's much more complicated than that, but typically sure, yeah. that person becomes what we call a customer. And and you would be a customer
0: to the listing agent.
1: That's right. Okay. The listing agent would become a transaction broker to the uh, buyer. Okay. Okay? And they would have the same duties to that buyer as I was describing earlier in the in the show. But they are my duties to the seller. Right. They're a customer, and I have certain ministerial duties that require me to be honest, to disclose properly. Um, In most cases. The, the agent's going to refer them to an attorney just because we want to be overly cautious about making sure that everybody's fully informed, knows all their rights under the terms and conditions of the sure. South Carolina license law.
0: But at that point, just like your conversation earlier where you are, you know, so, okay, you're the buyer's broker. You're representing the buyer. That's right. Okay. Okay. The seller. The sellers of FSBO,
1: uh-huh
0: you're acting in the buyer's best interest. That's right. Same thing on the other side. If you don't have an agent, but there is a listing agent, that listing agent, while they have a duty to you to be honest and all that, they're still representing the seller.
1: That's correct. And, and so they would be overly cautious about disclosing to the buyer. And, right. And, and that really is the the riskiest circumstance for the consumer would be to be uh, purchasing a property right. without professional counsel and advice. That, so, that is
0: their advocate.
1: Yeah. The seller, uh, they go to closing, get their money, and leave the state. But the buyer right. goes to closing and brings their $300,000 right. and exchanges it for a home, right. and then they have a home. That's right. And so, a loan for X number of dollars. So, Keith,
0: I made this mistake uh, in 2001 when I moved back uh, to the area. So I go into a production-built neighborhood, Right. got a model home. Guess yep. what was in that model home? An agent. Yep. Didn't look at it that way. That's right. I looked at them like I would, and this is terrible to say, but like a salesman on a car lot. That's right. They're that's selling right. this product that's right here. That's right. And, you know, I got knee-deep in it and, and, you know, turned out great, but it was a mistake on my part not to go find somebody to represent me at that point in time, and, of course, I didn't know as much as I know now. I mean, it's 18 years ago, but I think that's something that people need to consider. Um, is sure those those folks are there, but let's not forget they're representing the the builder. That's right, in some form or fashion, and we would always and recommend they have a
1: duty to disclose. By the way, that they are doing that, and they t- today they do a pretty good job of letting the consumer know right. that they're representing the builder. Right. And I've got a list that i developed over the years. It's called 10 Fatal Home Buying Mistakes. And the number two mistake, the number one mistake is actually not doing a right price analysis before you make an offer, yep. okay? Not after you make an offer. Very seldom does it occur you should right. do a right price analysis some people would call a CMA, are but I call it a right price analysis. Yeah, so that's you know what, I think what the is.
0: property that's is worth before you make before an offer you make and make develop an offer.
1: a negotiating strategy. Right. And then, secondly, um, the, the second biggest mistake is not knowing who represents whom yep. in the real estate transaction. Sure. And many, it's just remarkable that with as much disclosure and discussion of agency as there has been over the last 25 years, that many consumers just do not understand agency laws and who's representing whom. And, of course, you're talking about the largest financial transaction of most people's lifetime to that day. And and then they don't have somebody representing them. Well, and, you know, uh,
0: I'm sure number three is not uh, make sure that your mortgage lender... (laughs) does a customized mortgage solution, but we need to squeeze that in at number three, Keith. You, just well, have, a, you have the top 11, and here's why. Because when you go there, uh, a lot of times on a production-built uh, property in a neighborhood, they will have a captive lender, um, and that lender may not be giving you the best rate because they have one product, one program uh, they may have a lot of different types of loans, but generally, it's they're not shopping that loan for the best rate. And sometimes they will give you an incentive to use their lender that's not really an incentive, in, in my opinion.
1: That's right, and that's one of the you know the building industry. And I don't want to beat on the building industry because I, I've got a lot of great friends who are builders. But uh, the production builders, of course, these are large corporations, and typically they typically they have their own. Yes. Uh, Lender. Right. Now, some of them have three or four local lenders, but some of them have their own lender. And of course, it's a profit center for the parent company. Sure. So, any incentives that they give you will be reflected in the deal. And typically, uh, analyzing what they're offering is a much more complicated process. And you guys call that a second opinion. Sure. Or your customized mortgage solution typically. Uh, a consumer can bring that that offer, if you will, what you what today's yes. referred to as a loan. Estimate. Well, I
0: think a lot of times people think about that second opinion as only relating to a refinance. And what we found is, oftentimes, uh, if you will do a second opinion, if the if the if the buyer will take a minute and do a second opinion on their on their purchase, they will really find out you know, where are they? And
1: unfortunately, what happens, Chris, is people don't know what they don't know. Sure. And so, usually, they don't discover these things until they get into the transaction. Yes. If you have a good professional buyer's agent guiding you, then they'll tell you about these things before you get involved in it. And typically um if you if you know what to expect and there are no surprises the outcome will be significantly better better yeah than if you do not you
0: may you may actually get to the end and have just a little bit of goodwill some left. goodwill left <laughs> just a little that's bit the objective. right that's right well listen keith we got uh about five minutes left in the show i wanted to hit these numbers we're almost out of may but we do have the uh April numbers here and just talk a little bit about what's going on in the upstate. Kind of surprised myself that uh, year over year, 1,279 transactions over 1,154. So uh, year over year in April, that's a 10.8% increase. I'm kind of surprised by that number.
1: Yeah, I am too, really, because at the beginning of the year, we said a 2 or 3% increase um, over 2000, uh, over 2018 would be our, when we did our predictions at the sure. beginning of the year. And then January we came out and it was down about 20%. Yeah. Was it? Slow, big, big drop in January. Yeah. And everybody, uh, really across the country, uh, went into a little bit of a panic. Sure. And, uh, I think we said, Hey, let's just be patient see what yeah. happens. And of course, year to date, we're at forty-one thirty-six over last year's four zero five five. That's so, up two so, percent, yeah, up two so, percent, which so is exactly what we th- we're pushing we were thinking. ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. My, I, I guess my my thought on that is that's good numbers. But uh, tell me about the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, well, I think what we're seeing is a, a normalization, and you're going to see things. You're going to, you're going to see things go back to traditional numbers where there's a gradual increase. In pricing and right and and the the um, the typical uh, 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 equilibrium sure. between the buyer and the seller, and you're just seeing things normalize. And really, it's taken about more than ten years for I this know, to happen. I know that's kind of crazy, isn't it? for For us to go through the all those cycles, and you'll see that in our market. We're up 5.1% in terms of median price. Yeah. So, our appreciation rate, that's how they measure appreciation. Sure. Although, you know, it's it's different neighborhood by neighborhood, home by that's home. That's right. But uh, a 5.1% year to date increase in median price um, is a little bit better than the Low Country, whose uh, median price is only up 3.4%.
0: Sure. The median price down in Charleston is 270, so it's much higher, but it's not growing at At the same rate, after uh, many
1: w- years of six, seven, eight sure. percent increase, and
0: so you know, what do you think about that, Keith? the uh, The fact that the median price is up five point one percent does that uh, does that shock you? No, does that's that, that's uh, typically normal. That's about
1: yeah, no. So if you if we had looked at the market in the in the run up of of nineteen ninety five to let's say. Two thousand five. Sure. If you average that, you are going to see a four to six percent and increase. And you are talking about in Greenville. Yes, in the Upstate. Yep, that's right. And, and then we went through the period of um, of deflation where the pricing went down dramatically. Sure. And then a very quick climb out where our our numbers were six to eight percent for yep. several years. And, and I think uh,
0: I don't remember the number. I need to look it up. But I think what we experienced is somewhere between a ten uh, to fifteen percent decline. Uh, obviously, you know, I think during the downturn, you think Chris. it was more than yeah. that. Okay.
1: Overall, yeah. except Overall. for Augusta Road, yeah,
0: okay. yeah, of course. Okay. And then, uh, you know, the other thing that I see here is we mentioned it right at the bottom of the hour, but from an inventory perspective, big number. Inventory up twenty seven percent over last year. Yeah, when I am really surprised but when I see by that,
1: that number. Chris, I, I won't. That's a that's one month's measurement. Yeah. let's look at that sec into second quarter, into third quarter, and see where we are. And then and if, months
0: of inventory six being the equilibrium that you were talking about, Keith, in the Upstate at four and a half percent. I mean four point five months, which is uh, still which a seller's market. Still a seller's market, yeah. but uh, looking good. 60 days uh, is the uh, time to close. And so, uh, you know, just solid, solid numbers in April.
1: Yeah, and before the downturn, Chris, those numbers would have been 90 to 95 days on the market. Well, listen, you guys have a great Memorial Day weekend.
0: We appreciate you listening to us. You can reach us outside the show at 331-HOME. That's 331-4663. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.